0: Welcome, everybody. Um, this is um, the, our fourteenth webinar of um, the series that we've been doing as um, our response at MediaWorks to the, um, the, the the pandemic and the impact that this has been having across the world of marketing. Um, we've done a number of these um, around. Uh, we do digital drop-ins every Tuesday and Thursday, and we've uh, been doing um, a number focused on 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 specific sectors and. Today, um, we've put this together uh, to focus on the the higher education uh, sector. Um, MediaWorks are a a full-service creative and performance marketing agency, and we have a lot of expertise in the world of higher education. And um, you know, myself personally, I've um, worked across uh, Leeds Beckett Uni, uh, Liverpool Hope Uni, and uh, most recently uh, been working on some campaigns for um, Uni of Hearts. so we, we've got a lot of experience across both the world of brand and uh, clearing and uh, you, you know, um, actually uh, ac- acquiring new students. Now, um, you, you haven't, you'll, you'll be relieved to know that um, I'm not going to do all the talking today. Um, and we've got a, a special guest today, um, who is uh, David Norris. And um, I'll, I'll let David uh, introduce himself, if that's okay, David.
1: Yeah, not, not a problem, Paul. Uh, my name is dr david norris and thank you very much everybody for, for tuning in um i guess uh, my my current role is i'm currently the performance marketing director here at mediaworks i've been in that role for, for just over a month having previously been on the other side of the fence in in the higher education role as associate dean at two separate institutions um, with a focus really on on marketing and recruitment at both institutions i've also spoken um, and being the guest speaker at a number of cabs events so child association of business schools focusing on on things like online business models um, student marketing recruitment and also executive education as, as well so i have got if you like hopefully insight from both sides of, of the fence
0: thanks david um, and um... In, in terms of how, how we've uh, decided to kind of uh, approach this, I think uh, you saw in the, the video, I mean, we, we put together the, the video as a kind of bit of a, an advert for today's session. But actually, um, our Insight team, um, you know, looking across lots of different data and, uh, you know, there's a lot going on at the moment. And we're, we, you know, we're, we're, we're spending a lot of time looking at Google Trends, looking at search data and those kind of things. Is We've pulled out kind of five five different topics that we think uh Uh, are really important at the moment as um, the the whole higher education sector looks forward into the rest of next year and and the year after. And and we're going to structure the conversation around um, those five trends. But as as I said at the beginning, and some of you uh, might have uh, come in a little bit late, if you have any questions that you'd want to to put to David, um, then please feel free to see, there's an icon at the the bottom of the screen on Zoom that says Q&A, and you can type in any question and then hopefully we'll get around to answering uh, that. Um, before we go into the, the trends, I think David just wanted to just put a bit of context around the way that um, you, you think about uh, how, how we approach uh, the marketing conversation. And um, and certainly, you know, I'm sure it'll be something that we, ha- we have our own versions of. But just to kind of frame the conversation we're about to go into. Yeah.
1: So so from my perspective, I thought it was really useful um, starting point really was to just talk you through a standard conversion funnel. Um, so, you know, for, from MediaWorks' perspective, we use these with our clients to really map out sort of different activities at different stages and different points in the consumer cycle. Now, as Paul said, this isn't anything new. It's not revolutionary, etc. But I think it is useful to just talk through how that classic higher education uh, conversion funnel has worked. Um, and I think it's probably worth saying that that since um, the, the, the caps were abolished in, in 14, 15, 15, 16 period, um, that more universities have been, I think, more competitive in terms of their marketing approach and, and certainly more um, professional and proactive. Um, I think there's two streams of universities from and courses really, uh, courses within universities, and they are, um, if you like, selective recruiters. So those those Courses and universities that receive a higher volume of, of courses that they can, that, that, sorry, higher volume of applications and they can actually place students. So if you like, they're still operating a, a cap model. Now that might be, um, you know, high brand value um, institutions. At the same time, it might be specific courses. So where courses have, um, you know, got caps because of placement or requirements like physio. Um, You know, uh, anything related with health typically um, have have caps on. And then there's a whole secondary uh, market, which is around, in my opinion, what I would class as competitive recruitment, where, if you like, there isn't necessarily a set cap and it's about uh, recruiting as as many high quality applicants as possible. And I think for me, it's about understanding that that, that really the the learner, the the student, if you like, will go through, the full conversion funnel at different points. And I think it's worth saying that in the last cycle, the awareness stage, what we saw was that 34% of students actually started um, in this awareness stage researching universities before college or sixth form, 35% started before um, reaching the April of their first year of college or sixth form, and 31% started researching post-April. So this is quite an elongated process. It's not not typically being done in in a really fast way. Um, consideration stage has been typically uh, from June in sixth form right through to sort of, um, if you like, August the 15th, that A-level or B-tech result day. Um, so, again, that's been quite a, a long period of time with key considerations at that stage really being about sort of which university, what to study and which course to study. Um, and the role that I think the, the significant increase I've seen in that time as well is the role that parents have played. Um, So parents play a significant role as a key influencer um, with 25% of students saying that um, parents were their biggest influencer in terms of where they studied. So it's not just thinking about the relationship with the student or prospective student. It's also about thinking about those influences and um, also the role that, and I know we'll talk about this slightly later, the role that Open Days have traditionally played in that with 91% of students Um, previously in the last cycle, citing that they went to an open day uh, uh, to at least one of their first five choices in UCAS. Right through to conversion, which takes us through to August the 15th, the the big bonanza that is results days, where students go to the college, uh, go to the sixth form and find out what results they've got. And then, um, you know, the universities begin with the position of um, confirming places. And then right through to advocacy. And I think... Advocacy has increased in its importance as, as we've gone through the cycle, really, and as we've moved into this um, quite commercialised world, really, with um, 92% of students saying that they'd actually reviewed, um, the, the, the looked into, sorry, student reviews based on their firm choices as they went through that cycle. So, again, the role that student reviews and, and advocacy from current students plays is, is quite significant. So I think I just wanted to take people through that journey yeah. and yeah, yeah. how it's moved with some
0: key statistics. Yeah, and I think, and I think that, you know, and, and what's become more and more apparent, um, it, and like you say, depending on the course, depending on the uh, the, the institution itself, um, the, the, the 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 impact of marketing and going through our, our funnel has, has just grown and grown and grown in importance, but also grown in its competitiveness. So yeah. I think that then when you have something like um, the pandemic has happened, kind of bringing us on to our kind of first trend, um, is, um, it, you know, the, the, the marketing was already important, but, but then the shifting behaviours here that we're seeing that kind of impact even more. So, so, so you know, we, we know that when uh, there's, you know, significant events in the world where there's big kind of waves of change, it, it really does make people reflect on, on their lives, their future, and, and I think that the kind of university pathways and those kind of things are, are no different. And that we've now seen this statistic coming through that 15% of prospective students are starting to think that they might actually change uh, their, their choice. Um, and, um, you know, th- this is in a context where we've already got, um, it, you know, things like um, uh, a clearing kicking in and people, you know, the, the, there is a longer time for people to to make, to, to change their minds. Uh, just wondered what you what you thought about this and how, how people could respond to this.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the, t- the typical cycle is, um, and, and I say typical um, in, in the loosest sense, because, it, it, you know, um, higher education marketing has moved on, consumer behaviour, if you like, and student behaviour has changed within that. So from my perspective, it, it's a really interesting point that's on screen, around 15% of students thinking of changing their university choice due to COVID-19. A typical cycle would have been applications in by mid-January, firming up choices between sort of now and, and, and mid-May um, and then hopefully getting what they want to go to university um, in, the, in the August time when results come out. I think the things that I would see in, in this area is really an elongation of, of the decision-making process. So not just up to that May point. Um, I think we'll see even when students do make their firm choice, there will be a greater propensity and, and uh, to switch. Um, and I think From from my perspective, you've got to start thinking about what the conversion goals that universities are using are because typically we would use apply uh, conversion goals and then we would use making firm choice as a conversion goal, if you like, and that might happen on-site or through UCAS. Um, I think from my perspective, one of the things that we've been advocating at MediaWorks is the notion of of setting um, sort of smaller goal conversions Um, So what we call micro-conversion, so looking into the data and whether that be um, somebody even just downloading or considering the process or, or, um, you know, watching a video, thinking about how you actually engage with that, that individual because there might be actually now going back to the start of that consideration process rather than being down in that sort of conversion stage that we would expect to see. So I think that there's a massive role for personalised communication and the role that technology plays, plays within that um, can't be underestimated. I also think we'll see more students um, going to clearing through choice, um, having re-evaluated. And, and I think it's really early um, to be saying what university in September is going to look like. And I think students are going to be looking at um, how how... The current student experience is playing out with the university that they're studying. They're going to be looking at a range of other variables as well, um, whether they feel comfortable actually traveling to the university that they selected. Um, and I think that that for me is a, a really interesting one yeah. to, to keep an eye on and look at really around how you use things like um, Tag Manager to look at event tracking within your site to make sure that you're actually um, managing those, those um, sort of live events. And making sure that you're then building your target audience list for people that might not be considering right now, um, but people who then might be reconsidering at a later date, dependent on how this COVID nineteen problem uh, that we're all experiencing. I mean, and this
0: this this kind of I'll, I'll I'll kind of use that as a segue into the the next one a little bit because I think um, the 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 next thing that that we discovered was. Um, really um some data coming through from uh uh, UCAS, uh, uh around um really whether people were were students students wanting to live closer to home as a result of um of, of covid19 and in terms of that kind of ability to target <clears throat> i know a lot of the campaigns that i've worked on in the past depending on the institution you're going to use geo targeting in a really smart way and whether that's building uh, catchment areas around schools um, or looking at commuter routes, or, or those kind of things. Um, uh, but but there definitely seems to be some indications of a bit of a trend of of maybe students um, may, may want to may want to think twice about some of the the really dense kind of inner inner city universities, and and potentially even start thinking about campus choices. And we we know this is a dynamic anyway. But I just wondered how how you how you thought about that. Not yeah, I think, I think
1: regionality um, and, and type and typology of campus are going to play a big a big role, really. Um, I think it's interesting that we're at a point now where no university is in the position, rightly so. Not many businesses are in the position to say exactly how things are going to be um, playing out in September, but no university is in the position to declare exactly what their on-campus learning experience would look like in September. Um, and I think that. From my perspective, you know, you're going to see an increase in in regionality and sort of commuter um, areas playing a a, a greater role. Um, You know, when you're looking at, like, in the last UCAS cycle, there was a 2% increase in London applications, but a 4% decrease in applications from students in the northeast and a 3% decrease in students uh, based in Scotland. So I think that you are going to see a regionality and a greater competitiveness around that, as you say, that geo-targeting piece and also trying to think about, you know, the, the, the student psychology around, um, you know, would, would any of us really commit to three years at an institution where you don't know what that learning journey is going to be like until much later down the line? And again, the, the role that, and the impact that that has on that conversion funnel and the um, sort of the short, shortening of the timeframes associated with that, yeah, yeah, I think for yeah. me it's, it's quite significant. And I think that the role that, sort of online blended and on-campus play and are playing currently will play a significant role in that because, you know, as a student, you you know, you're thinking about the the data that we're seeing and the trends that we're seeing. Students are are considering what does that look like and and what does COVID-19 have in in terms of the impact it has on the learning experience and whether you're actually going to go away to university travel away from home and actually you get to your campus and you're not actually allowed into a, a standard typical learning environment so again what does that look like and i think going back to the, the the student voice and the role of that it's really important that universities are considering how are they sort of engaging and managing the students that they've currently got and what are the students saying in terms of sentiment right now about learning yeah
0: and i think, and I think that, that 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 kind of um, it uh, almost kind of brings us on to the 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 next um trend and and this is this is an obvious one because everybody's talking about it that everybody said okay we can't do open days so we're going to do virtual open days and when we were talking yesterday i mean i've seen all sorts of examples of um you know people rushing out and doing 3d uh panoramic spin arounds and you know, of the main square with the big statue outside the, uh, the campus. I've seen some really good ones which are kind of more interactive with students walking around and getting a bit more of the experience. But, but when we were talking yesterday, David, and you made a really good, a really good point about um, the, the importance of, of kind of authenticity and, and you just said it again about the student voice. So how, how do you think that um, that could play into this idea of the virtual open day?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a really interesting one. Having worked in, I say, higher education for over uh, over a decade, um, the, the role that university rankings and ratings play uh, uh, internally are quite significant. But what we've seen in terms of recruitment data in the last cycle is actually a sense of belonging was more important to students than than um, rankings and, and standardized rankings. So I think it's about how you put that sense of belonging across in a digital format. And again, you know. Um, I always used to say when I was at open days or visit days, et cetera, ultimately students don't really want to hear that much from academics and senior leaders from institutions because they know that we're paid to, to say really good things about organisations um, that we work for, you know, in a world where arguably 10% of people believe adverts and, and 90% of people believe um, sort of peer recommendations and the views of others. I think it's, it's significant, the role that authentic voice has in that and, and you know be looking at and considering um what what how you can use the current students and their experiences to really work with um other other students in that area you know um and really listen to to what the the students that are searching your site are actually looking for i think is a big thing one of the the bits of advice from a digital perspective i would be suggesting is you know be looking at what what students and prospective students are actually typing into your your search terms within your website you know for students landing on your website and they're putting in a search term such as um you know um i don't, I don't know something around how are seminars going to be delivered um you know virtually or, or what does virtual learning mean at in your institution and you know those type of search terms you might not currently have web pages set up to deal with those queries and content designed to meet those needs and i think i'd be looking at the search terms that people are typing into my website looking at if you can get any steer about what is what is being requested what is being asked for what isn't being answered across your standard pages within your website
0: yeah and um and and i think um yeah there's there 's certainly some also some very creative ways of of bringing this to life and uh the one thing that we do know about is that we um you know our, our average student nowadays is very comfortable in front of a camera or 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 a lot of them are so we yeah. we, we can use that to our advantage um Absolutely. um so I think uh, you know. Uh, whilst you know, a lot of these things uh, pose pose problems. Um, we also saw um, some interesting data. If we if we look back at one of the things that we've been doing uh, uh, in in looking at the impact of the pandemic on marketing is looking back at, at other uh, events that have um, you know been been big shocks to the economy and big shocks to different sectors. And um, our kind of fourth trend here is is really looking at um, whether history will repeat itself. That we know that um, after the financial crisis two thousand and eight two thousand and nine, there was actually quite a big uptick, uptick in um, higher education uh, applicants, as um, as a reaction to, um, to to wanting to kind of improve your your prospects um, in the world as as the world comes out of this, um, and. Um, whether you know we we need to be responding in terms of how we're presenting the benefits of um uh you know the, the a degree qualification or um uh, and that kind of thing and and whether there's anything that we need to shift to kind of respond to probably what is a, a really kind of fundamental need for a lot of people is to improve their prospects yeah i, th-
1: I think i think it's worth saying that the, the the data um the last set of data that i saw from UCAS was around um highlighting the the in January applications across the sector from that typical 18 to 21 year old audience were up 1.2% and I think that what we're going to see is an in- increased volume of students actually considering um, going into university and the reason I say that is because um, you know I've been part of a university that's that's been at the forefront really of, of apprenticeships and, and, and that whole um, you know agenda um, at Teesside University, where I was, you know, looking after uh, MBA apprenticeships, chart management degree apprenticeships, amongst other things, and I think that what we're seeing is a quite likelihood of recession. Um, and what we know is during recession, during recession. Sorry, is that the uh, employment does suffer, and also the, one of the first things to go are training budgets. So are those apprenticeship uh, places going to be available to people? So I think that what we're likely to see is an increase in students almost selecting to go to university is a safe option and a way of upskilling themselves to look at coming out the other side in in three years' time. I think that there's an enormous role of universities in that and how we actually go after those um, potential new leads as well for students who might, might have not been considering going to a standard university course but are now entering, if you like, going back to that funnel at the start, entering into that awareness stage now and The awareness stage over the summer, which traditionally wouldn't happen, um, people would be making those decisions much earlier. But I think, as this and um, you know, crisis that we're all facing evolves, you're going to see changes in consumer behavior that universities need to monitor. And I think yeah. that you know, looking at um, sort of shortened campaign cycles, so increased online activity, and just to highlight that around things like Facebook, you know, you, you're, you're seeing Facebook right now, um, with you know, they made an announcement last week where they're saying that there's there's twice as many eyeballs on content on, on Facebook right now. And there's actually cheaper, so um, it's cheaper per cost per acquisition, cost per lead, to actually get the advert in front of the, the user. So there is some opportunities out there in terms of, Considering that there's going to be people who are very uncertain about what the next six months to 12 months hold for them. And that isn't just a standard 18 to 21 year old market. You know, the last cycle saw a 15% increase in people who were 35 year old plus um, in the UK. And again, it's thinking about um, how you can develop campaigns and communications that really tap into those individuals that might be either, you know, unfortunately um, losing their jobs as a result of a potential recession. Or people who might have, have been taking this period to really reevaluate and reflect on where they want their careers to go, and seeing universities as upskilling opportunity. Yeah, and
0: and I think um, and and I think you know that 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 the importance of of that communication at the moment um, it, it just, just kind of brings us onto our onto our last one, which is um, around c- clearly um, for um, you know our, our our prospective undergraduates this year. They, they couldn't have had a more disruptive year and they you know a lot of them are feeling um you know really rattled by uh, what's going to happen with their predicted grades and, and all those kind of things um and um you know the the the, the higher education application process is 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 already a a, a stressful one and and this year is, is probably going to be even more stressful and and i think that you know, we're we're looking from the outside and going. You know, not only do you really have an obligation to kind of communicate in a positive way to your uh, to your prospective uh, students, but um, isn't this a a great opportunity to to say something really meaningful about your brand at this point? Given everything else that we've said, that that can give your your institution and your brand of your institution an an advantage at this point by being authentic, by being caring. And by being in tune with, you know, what, what's going on in our, in our, our audience's world.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think if I could give universities sort of, one bit of advice in, in this period, i say in uncertainty around this point, it would be sort of be responsive, be personalised and, and make sure you're nurturing the relationships that you've already got um you know with students because they are going to be um, in, a, in a difficult position where the weighing up a multitude of options the future that they were imagining for themselves isn't so certain isn't so clear and it's about how we um, as, as institutions or as marketers how we you know make sure that we're communicating to them in an effective way in channels that they want you know again. You know, social media plays an enormous role in this. And again, going back to the point I made earlier around sort of authenticity and, and, and the student voice or current students being really important in this, I think that um, it'll have an enormous impact on, on students choosing where to go, not just the experience that the current students having right now um, in this world of potential uh, blended learning or distance learning, if you like. Um, but also the experiences that they've had previously and their ability to talk to the students about what that experience might look like for them. I think it's about how we tap into, um, you know, the student voice and really um, sort of nurture the application and, you know, come across as, as, as really nurturing in our communications to students. Um, the secondary point is, it's is, is slightly unusual in the sense that um, with, for example, caps coming off the and with the rise of students who've released themselves in the clearing. In some ways, the students probably don't realise, but in some ways, the pressure's probably more off. You know, they're going to have a lot of choice out there in the next six months in terms of what they decide to do. And that's, um, for, you know, with decreased international student numbers, quite likely for most uh, most um, higher education providers, Um you know, what what we're seeing, I think, is um, there's still still a lot to play for out there in terms of the student market. So I think that universities are going to look to offset the, the international student um, decrease that, that they would expect to see with, um, you know, increase in student volume. And I think for me, it's about how you position yourself with with, the, with that audience and think about, the, you know, the careful messaging. The other point I make on that is responsiveness. You know, I mentioned that previously. You know, when we got to clearing last year, 35% of those in clearing um, sort of made a decision less than 30 after, 30 um, minutes after after you know engaging with a, a, an organisation and 24% took um, 30 to 60 minutes. So what I would suggest is that people are already sort of in the mind to switch. Um, so it's not just about saying right, let's start our clearing activity in traditionally most universities would be looking at sort of that july into august period it's about thinking about right how do we communicate with learners much earlier in the cycle in a way that we would probably think about communicating them within clearing you know and that is sort of your top of the funnel stuff in terms of awareness building whether that be you know through pay-per-click campaigns whether that be you know social media um, and whether that can be some targeted outreach activities so again liaising with college representatives and speaking to them about speaking to their students, you know, really thinking about what does a, con- a condensed conversion activity look like for us in the, next, in the next few months. And I think that it really is about communicating in a, in, a, in, a, in a clever way, making sure that you're very clear and going back to just making sure that you're being responsive, being personalised and making sure you're really nurturing those relationships.
0: Yeah, great. Okay, well, I think um, uh, we're, we're kind of uh, pretty much um, out of time now. Um, so so I think, uh, you know, the message is loud and clear that the uh, across the whole funnel, um, the, the, the you know, your marketing activity is going to be really important at the moment, particularly around search, uh, exploiting the opportunities in social that David's uh, uh, talked about. Um, I think that, really imprinting your brand and people being able to clearly remember what it was about your institution versus the competition as people are being swayed and and feeling uncertain so your your brand experience that, that comes through and whether that's through your virtual open days or, or or your tone of voice or being personal you know all of this is um, has never been more important um so i, I hope that you've um, all in, enjoyed uh, the session today um, We'll we'll follow up uh, and, and just make sure that, uh, you know, we, we can share copies of uh, slides and we'll share the podcast with you afterwards if you want to share with any colleagues. Um, and, and, and clearly, we'd be very happy to have any discussions with any of you that would like to pick our brains further about anything that we've discussed today. So thank you again for attending. Um, it's Friday afternoon um, and for what it's worth I hope you have a great weekend um, and uh, I hope the sun shines wherever you are so thank you and um, stay safe